0: This podcast is brought to you in association with From Sweden with Love, one of the oldest fan sites dedicated
1: to the world of
0: 007. Online since 2004 and also on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Why not check them out today? James Bond 007.se Nobody does it better. (laughs) Or as they say in Stockholm these days, debete. Hello, I'm John Orty. I'm a stunt historian, author, broadcaster, and producer, and the man behind, behind the stunts, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Welcome to this episode and a series of podcasts dedicated the action stunts in the James Bond movies. My new book, Ever Heard of Evil Knievel, is the definitive guide to everything action-packed in the film series. It looks at the stunts, the performers, the coordinators and the stories behind these incredible moments captured on film. You'll hear clips from some of the interviews that have been undertaken over the years, where applicable, and sound clips from the movies themselves. The book, podcast and YouTube series are also to be used as educational tools to learn from and to wander at. This week, we're in the 70s and Sean Connery is back as Bond. For me, Diamonds Are Forever is perhaps my favourite of the official Connery adventures. Why? Well, he knew he was coming back for just one film. He was getting paid a fortune, and the script was fun. The story was fun, and the action had to be adapted to accommodate this fun time. Bob Simmons again in charge of the action in the UK, and on location in Vegas, the job of stunt arranger was given to Paul Baxley a veteran of film and TV in the US, and has been William Shatner's double and stunt coordinator on the original Star Trek series. An excellent stuntman, yes, a fine coordinator too, but when he realised that the script called for a huge car chase down the Las Vegas Strip, then he knew he needed to bring in a specialist. He brought in stuntman Kerry Lofton, a legend behind the wheel. You'll know his work in Duel, where he played the faceless truck driver; the Love Bug, where he drove Herbie; stunt coordinator on Vanishing Point, The Sugarland Express, and over 300 other appearances until his death in 1997. So, let's explore the pre-title sequence and the car chase, shall we?
2: Phase four, the nose. In my opinion, the most difficult part of a plastic transformation.
1: I want the operation done tonight. But, Senor. There's no time left. But, Senor Blofeld,
2: this is a most delicate procedure. It cannot. Tonight!
0: The pre title is all about changing someone's identity. A metaphor for what happens with Bob Simmons on set, perhaps. Connery must first dispose of the Blofeld he sees covered in mashed potato, only to later discover it's the wrong one. This poor unfortunate is played by stuntman Bill Morgan. More on him in a moment, as firstly we'll hear from one of the two guards sent to take care of Bond by Charles Grey. The two guards are stuntman George Cooper, who gets his fingers caught in the mouse trap on the inside pocket of Bond's jacket, and the other is actor Terry Mountain. And here he is.
1: I got a call. I was in Malta at the time. I was in Malta on on holiday. Right. And came back, and my mother gave me a a little. This. She said, "Bob called from Pinewood. Would you give him a call?" So I knew obviously who it was. I spoke to Bob. He said, "Terry," he said, "Um, "We're doing Diamonds Are Forever, like you know." He said, "I'd like you to come and meet the director, Guy Hamilton." there could be a part in this film for you to play. And I said, is that Peter Franks? So he laughed. He said, he said no, he said uh, that, that Joe Robinson's yeah. doing that. I said, oh, what a shame. He said, but there's a nice part for one of Blowfell's guards. Come and, see, uh, come, and, come and see Guy and we'll see what we can do. Mm-hmm. So I went up to Pinewood. I saw George Leach, or Bob Simmons. They took me on the set. Bob, Bob took me on the set, and he said, "Guy, he said, uh, this is Terry Mountain. I told you about. He said he did very well with Peter, and I think he's ideal for one of Blofeld's guards in the in the laboratory." Right. The guy looked at me, looked at Bob. He said, "Bob, he said, if you're happy with Terry, that's good enough for me." Oh, so Bob said, "Okay, Terry," he said. Uh, the part yours so i'm more than pleased i'm i'm you know i'm more than pleased of course yeah so when we got on the set when we got on the set they 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 measured me for a steel plate the steel waistcoat oh yes caught on the outside so when 007 threw the darts at the the knives at me the scalpels at me yep they would come through a, a catapult back of the camera stick into the cork, they would cut the the wire, oh. and I would react to the knives going in me. Yeah. And before we did that, before we did that, a guy called uh, George Cooper, a very, very good stuntman. Oh, a lovely very, man, yeah. Yeah, a very fit uh, stuntman, yeah. an old pal of mine from way back, we'd done a few things over the years, and the uh, guy said to George, he said, George, he said, Say this after me. So, Guy said, Hold it, get your hands up. So, George had one of those nice, soft Cockney accents. And <laughs> yes, he said, had. Hold it, get your hands up. So, uh, Guy said, oh, That's terrific, George, that's, that's great. He said, Terry, he said, I want you to say the same thing, but as loud as you can. I said, can I walk into it, guy? Can I turn around and walk into it? Mm-hmm. He said, yeah. He said, "You know, let me see what you can do. Let, let, let's, let's hear it. So I turned around, and I turned into the mic. Yeah. And as loud as I could, I said, hold it. Get your hands up. And, John, the whole of the set stopped. <laughs> you could have heard a pin drop.
0: They all had their hands up.
1: Well, yeah. Sean turned around very quickly. The sucker does that. So, Guy said me, "He said, Terry, he said, uh, you can do the dialogue Nice. That's, that's terrific. That's, that's that's what I wanted anyway. But, uh, and then he worked. And then we we did the uh, the introduction. Uh, George and myself with uh, Charles Gray, who walked onto the set. Right. And, uh, well, that was a week's work. It, was, that, it took a week to that film that. Right? Hour. It was a
0: week's work. Wow. Yeah, because there there's quite a lot going on in that pre title. I mean, there's, there's your scuffle, yeah. you and George yeah. scuffling there. And then, of course, yeah. there's, there's Bill Morgan being submerged below all of that gunk what, and goo.
1: Wasn't Bill terrific? Good Lord, yeah. I've, I've seen that scene numerous times. And Bill was acting when he went under the mud. Yeah, and 007 pulled him out there wasn't one bubble on his nose no no and when he let him go again he let him go and he just sub. there was no bubbles there he was a, a tremendous actor yeah, tremendous uh, player there's
0: no panic yeah. at all was there
1: he was just no, very no cool very calm
0: ever. the vegas car chase is a big moment in the movie three months of planning and a crack team of drivers headed by driving stunts arranger Kerry Lofton. You need the right people in the right place at the right time. Bill Hickman is such a driver. You may be familiar with his work in Bullet, where he drives the car Steve McQueen is chasing in San Francisco. He's also chased across New York City by Gene Hackman in the French Connection. In Diamonds... He's asked to jump Tiffany Case's car over the parked cars in the parking lot to evade the police. If anyone could do it, he could, but not driving on two wheels. For this, only one man would be approached. Buzz Bundy. If you watch a TV show or movie in the 70s or 80s and saw a car on two wheels, chances are Buzz was behind the wheel. I'll let him explain it in his own words.
2: Actually, diamonds are forever going through that alley. They built the alley for me, and it was six foot wide, and uh, they asked me if I could, you know, go through it, and I, I believe I could without touching either side, and so I did. I went through it, and then they, they couldn't believe it. And matter of fact, uh, the producer, Broccoli, Albert Broccoli, he said to me, he said, the, you think you can do that again? I said, "Why not?" And so I just went through it again, and he was amazed, and it went very good. Yeah. Well, when you're up on two wheels, driver side up, you're only driving with one hand, so you have to hold yourself up with with your other hand. Now, the old cars used to have a wing window, which you could grab a hold of and hold you from falling over in the seat, because uh, you only use a lap belt. So I've made this little handhold and different ones for different cars, just something to hold on to. Once in a while, I'd stick a flag in the pole or something to give it a little color. But uh, it's what I call a pacifier. I got you now. over.
0: So Buzz goes into the alleyway. What about coming out? Well, he wasn't asked to. He was only asked to drive in. When they did get round to filming the scene, Buzz wasn't available. So they managed to get hold of a French stunt driving team. Now their top man, Henri Gougain, did drive out onto the street on the same set of wheels that Buzz had gone in but only after 24 hours of intensive practice. But by the time they'd gotten round to shooting this scene, the streets were full of people who stopped to watch, which made the shot unusable. So they left it another day or so, and then let Henri drive out on the other set of wheels, the passenger side. For future reference, if you see a car on two wheels, check which side is in the air. If it's the driver's side, It's an American stunt driver. But if it's the passenger side, it's a French driver. When they were up, they were up. When they were down, they were down. But when they were neither halfway up, Guy Hamilton made it work in the edit suite. Touch it. Stroke it and it. Don't forget to subscribe and check out the episodes on the Behind the Stunts YouTube channel. Until next time, bye-bye for now.